I'd also spoken to a lot of people going to Glastow this year. And it was really interesting because like they had not bought anything new. They just basically said that they were going to wear items in their wardrobe that but style them in a different way as to what they would wear on the outside. And I think that aesthetic about putting unexpected outfit combinations together, it's kind of about those like clashing textures. It's the clashing prints. It's wearing stuff that you already have, but just in a different unexpected way. And I think that's how people are interpreting this trend for the festivals. That's Mia Jacobs, WGSN youth fashion strategist, speaking about festival fashion. WGSN has been tracking festival fashion across the globe for years now, delivering unique insights on emerging styles and aesthetics, product trends, and evolving consumer attitudes, particularly among the younger cohorts. With festival season upon us and the TikTok hashtag festival fashion approaching one billion views, we wanted to reflect on the diverse evolution of festival outfits, from the ever-shifting youth culture to the rising influence of stadium tours. We're going to discuss what this truly means for brands and why the industry should pay particular attention to this year's festival season. I'm your host, Craggy, Senior Prints and Graphics Strategist and Commissioning Manager at WGSN Fashion. And to help me dive into the world of festival fashion, I'm joined by WGSN youth fashion strategist Mia Jacobs, who's based in London, and Jayon Park, who is joining us from Seoul. Hi both, how are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Excellent. So you have both been capturing key insights for our clients firsthand at events across the globe already, with many more in the pipeline. So you're both really expertly placed to provide context to the 2023 fashion landscape. We're going into our second year of major events returning after the pandemic. TikTok is accelerating or arguably sort of destroying the trend cycle. To kick things off, Mia, how is this impacting festival fashion? And should brands be paying close attention to this year in particular? Yeah, absolutely. I think I know I was really lucky to go to Coachella this year and I I didn't really know what to expect in terms of kind of style, but there was definitely kind of a shift versus last year from looking at the reports. I think in 2022, you know, everyone had kind of like come out of lockdown. It was the first year that we'd um, seen Coachella again. And there was so much of these kind of like post-pandemic, like hedonistic styles. It was kind of all about those like dopamine brights. We had the kind of clashing prints. And I think we were also in the like the peak of our kind of like Y2K era as well. But this year there was kind of such a stark contrast and we really kind of noticed this like mass casualization. And also I think something that was really interesting which we've been talking about a lot across WGSN is this kind of darker direction. And it's you can definitely see its kind of impact on Gen Z at festivals as well. So we've seen a lot of these kind of like dystopian futures trends. There's a lot of like goth light and this like moving into the new indie. And I think particularly at somewhere like Coachella, this is a little bit less expected to see these kind of like dark and grungy trends coming through super strongly. So yeah, it's definitely one to watch this year. Totally. I was so struck by that casualization that you mentioned. And it felt like the first year out of the pandemic, everyone wanted to dress how they thought they should for festivals. And they all wanted to look like an influencer. But when you have everyone dressing like they've seen on TikTok and like an influencer, suddenly no one becomes an influencer and it, it levels the playing field. And actually the celebs turned up in 
jeans and a t-shirt. So this year, I think people really took note of that. Jayon, how is that mass casualization coming through in the APAC region? Is that still happening over there? Yes, definitely. I think in Seoul and in Korean fashion in general, people tend to go for more practical and everyday casual looks. I think on top of the cost of living crisis, youth are turning towards more conscious consumption and this intentional clothing shopping kind of means that they're less reaching out for extravagant, flashy outfits, but clothes are that have more longevity and versatility. So yeah, it's definitely, I think, is a um, worldwide trend to watch. Yeah, longevity is a really big thing that we're talking about at the moment at WGSN and definitely one that we're advising brands to consider what was sustainability and circularity on everyone's lips as well. Mia, how did that come through in trends? Is there still trends to be made or is everyone wearing jeans and a t-shirt? Well, I think particularly at Coachella as well, and it'll be interesting to see how this kind of translates at Glastonbury and all the other festivals. But resort wear was kind of super popular and really prominent, um, particularly across like the menswear category. And I think this all kind of ties back into that conscious consumption and longevity because the outfits that they were wearing at Coachella would not look out of place on, you know, a beach holiday. They would not look out of place on a city break or a pool party. You know, there's so many different ways that they could wear these outfits and they're not just kind of limited to festivals. And I think that's where the shift is coming in because before I think festivals have kind of been associated with this like throwaway fashion. I mean, I've been guilty of it myself when I was younger like buying some crazy out there thing that I knew I was literally only going to wear once, which is a terrible attitude to have. But I think that's where we're really seeing a shift with this generation. And they're, they're really thinking about, you know, how many times can I wear this? Which I think I think is really great. I totally agree. I, I saw so and met so many people who were so proud to say that they came with nothing new to Coachella they really wanted to show off that they already had this it existed or they're taking it on a summer holiday and also that they'd upcycled a lot of pieces I had one friend tell me that they're going to Glasgow the other day and they had vinted everything (laughs) from the resale app and they were so proud of that and I think that's a real insight into where this mindset is going and instead of just buying a one-off accessory perhaps for the festival does it have life after the festival as well? Yeah, I was just going to add, I'd also spoken to a lot of people going to Glasgow this year and it was really interesting because like you said, they had not bought anything new. But what I thought was quite unique was that they just basically said that they were going to wear items in their wardrobe that but style them in a different way as to what they would wear on the outside. So again, it's, you know, how can you make the most out of the wardrobe that you already have, basically. And how how does that look as a styling then? How are people sort of putting their spin on it and adding a bit of flair? Because you still want festivals to be a nice, expressive, safe space. How were attendees and attendees up in the upcoming festivals adding their own little spin on outfits that they maybe already owned? I think that's where we see this kind of like new indie aesthetic coming in, in particular, where it was all that kind of like Y2K boom. We've been noting a shift into kind of like the 2010s, the 2014, that kind of like Tumblr girl era. 
And I think that aesthetic is basically about kind of putting unexpected outfit combinations together. It's kind of about those like clashing textures. It's the clashing prints. It's wearing stuff that you already have, but just in a different, you know, unexpected way. And I think that's how people are interpreting this trend for the festivals. Jayon, is that something you noticed as well in Seoul? It's quite different in Seoul. I feel like people tend to go for more refined looks, but definitely I want to top off um, saying people tend to accessorize their looks with add-on accessories. So even with just playing around with their clothes, they're in their wardrobe already, they kind of use like colorful ball caps or colorful shoes or statement jewelries to kind of add spice to their looks. And I feel like this is much more like in terms of longevity and timeless style, it's a safer options to play around with accessories more than just like buying a whole new outfit. So interesting. Accessories definitely across the areas for me. You had Y2K shades still being really prominent, but then you would have, and Mia, I think you saw this as well, right? The disposable cameras and the film cameras and even a couple of sort of VCR camcorders as well, right? This is just a little flare on the edge of the outfit and something that isn't even tied to an era, right? Are there any other sort of ones that you notice that maybe you want to pull out? Yeah, I just think that is a key one is the nostalgic tech as an asset, as an accessory, but they were actually using them as well. It wasn't just hanging on the wrist. We had people saying, oh, do you want to take a Polaroid picture with us? And I think that was quite a nice way as well, just to engage with people at the festival. So yeah, I thought that was, that was super interesting. But then we had a lot of like, kind of like the boho accessories, which I guess maybe a little bit more expected for festivals. And a lot of people kind of like hand making their outfits as well, which was really cool. There was a guy that I met at Coachella who had literally spent, he said he'd spent months making this outfit, but he had like, it was full on like dystopian futures kind of vibe, but he had like a headpiece, a really cool bag, like massive trousers. And yeah, he'd made the whole thing himself. You're listening to Create Tomorrow. I'm your host, Craggy, and today we're discussing festival fashion. I'm joined by WGSN youth fashion strategist Mia Jacobs and Jayon Park. So, Mia, you mentioned boho there, and that's obviously a trend that we've had come around several times. What's different about it this time? Why is it back? So I think with boho, it's kind of one of those like tried and tested trends. It kind of comes around every single year, but in a slightly different, you know, iteration. And I think particularly in these times, people gravitate towards those trends that like feel familiar. But what we also have to kind of remember is that for Gen Z, it's actually still quite new. They haven't seen it like 50 times before. So they're still kind of having fun and experimenting with this style. I think their kind of play on it this year was a lot more glam. So it was kind of moving away from that like traditional boho kind of aesthetic. And yeah, it was that more like elevated kind of party vibe. So you had a lot of like the bodycon lace dresses, the cute little matching sets, the big kind of Y2K inspired like chunky belts. And of course, like the cowboy boots, like you cannot go to Coachella without your cowboy boots and like the Western accessories. So yeah, I think that's kind of how they're interpreting it this year is with a more like kind of glam lens. 
Yeah, and it's that's very American festival based as well, I feel. Jayon, I took a, a peek at your soul report, which is great. And it seemed like Boho didn't exist there at all. Why is that? Yeah, I think Boho Chic has always been like on the top list for festival looks for more US festival looks because of its like theatrical traits and all. Like it has many ways to play around it to style itself and etc. But I feel like with Korean festival goers, they just prioritize comfort. And because the festival that I attended was a picnic themed and the whole genre was very commercial and not like a place where you show off your looks. So I did, but I did see the presence of boho kind of blended in with Korean style. It was more just really subtle. I think people weren't wearing those like cowboy hats or boots it was more like long over long styling just lots of neutrals um but they were like subtly showing boho but definitely not as like extravagant as the ones in coachella yeah comfort seems to be the key message across both of these festivals to be honest doesn't it lots of people um choosing actual styles with pockets that they can carry stuff around in right and Mia we've been tracking this already haven't we this is that utility trend elevated where's that going to go how do brands really tap into this yeah I think I think utility is going to be key and there's kind of lots of different iterations kind of tapped into that dystopian futures which I think it can work really nicely if you want to go kind of like down that darker route but then also kind of the tech and the gorp core side of things i think is really going to come back through but yeah you're right it is all about just the, that kind of practical clothing that has like functionality it's breathable if you're going somewhere hot you want to be cool like you said whether it's got like those big statement pockets that you can carry in you might not need to take a bag so just think about all of these things and try and tie it into festival wear really lightweight and packable were the two main messages from my friends when I asked, what are you going to take to festivals this season? And lots of layers. Yes, yes lots of layers, layers totally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we saw so many people with a, as soon as nighttime came around, they hadn't really thought about that. And they had to have the sort of foil covers that you get after marathons to cover them up. But then I guess that changes with the actual style of festivals. There's so many different styles now. We've got the rise of sober festivals. We've got so many day festivals uh, versus camping. What has that done for the fashion? How has that changed things around? Jayon, maybe you want to offer a bit of insight here, seeing as yours was a day festival, right? Yeah. When I was comparing the two most recent music festivals in Korea, well, at first, I thought all the festival looks will be pretty much the same. But the first one that I attended to was one of the biggest music festival in the country. And because it was more like commercial one and picnic themed, people were mostly dressed in like refined casual looks, nothing too crazy. And I thought this would be the representative of all Korean festival styles. But I, what I really noticed was like shortly after there was this like rave underground techno festival in the middle of the forest outside of Seoul. And there I saw so many people dressed in like 
full grunge and like ravey aesthetic there. So like this really proves that the characteristic of the different events really like translates differently to what people are dressing. So it was really interesting to see that. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think one thing that's quite natural to that, that sort of rave style as well, is a topic that we always have on our minds at WGSM, which is gender inclusivity. How is that developing for festival fashion at the moment? I think at first it's it's important to point out that this whole kind of like redefining masculinity movement that we've seen, you know, across the catwalks, etc., comes so natural to Gen Z. It's just kind of ingrained in their kind of mindset and the way that they think. So I don't even think they really think in terms of like gender anymore when it comes to clothing. They just kind of have that attitude that I'm going to wear what I want. And so we saw it come through a lot more subtly than bright pink, this or whatever you kind of typical associations would be. It was more like, it was a simple little cropped vest. It was just these kind of like youth essential items that, yeah, both guys and, and girls were wearing. And I think that was, you know, really nice to see people interpreting these styles in, in different ways. And as well, we saw a lot of kind of skirts on guys. And again, when we kind of asked them, you know, why did you choose your outfit today? They were literally like, well, you know, it's practical, it's comfy and it's breathable. And it's like, you know what? Yeah, that makes total sense. Like, why would you not wear a skirt kind of thing? Amazing. So. I think we would be a bit amiss to not jump onto the Harry Styles conversation and impact here as well. Obviously, he's famed for his tour outfits. He's styled by Harry Lambert, and it's really opened up that conversation to a wider audience. If we're going from that, the uh, arena tours, the stadium tours, this is a big topic at the moment for festival fashion because it's really disrupting what we know is festival fashion, right? What are the impacts of this in APAC at the moment, Jayon? I feel like this means a lot for the brands to notice that it's important to understand the power of the musicians and the aesthetics that they're showing and kind of like implement those products based on like the community and that m whole like merch fashion is very big, especially around Korean celebrities and their fandoms. Yeah, just echoing what Jayon says, I think tour fashion is just one to watch. Like it's not to be ignored. And I think this is going to be kind of a key driver for years to come. We've got kind of Harry Styles, we've got the Taylor Swift Eras tour, and recently we've got the Beyonce kind of Renaissance tour. And I think it's really impactful when you kind of see like 90,000 people in a stadium all going for that same look. And, and like, it's so different, you know, where you see all the different kind of style tribes at a festival where there are like lots of different artists to see in that kind of like unity and that community at a global kind of tour. And I think it's, it's kind of super interesting as well with the advent of TikTok. I think this is what's really kind of made this arena tour fashion boom because even before the tour has started you've got people on there kind of sharing their outfit inspiration for example i had a quick look at kind of the eras tour and the taylor swift like era tour outfit has got 811 million views which is absolutely wild 
But what I think is interesting as well is that it's kind of going beyond like a gimmicky costume. Of course, some people do just wear a feather boa or wear like a sparkly cowboy hat, but people are taking this seriously. Like it's not a joke. Like people are spending hours kind of creating their outfits and their looks. I saw a, a girl who created this amazing kind of like silver breastplate for the Beyonce Renaissance tour because her theme is kind of like on the cover of the uh, Beyonce Renaissance album. She's wearing, she's on a silver horse with like a, a bodysuit on. And they had no other visuals to go off apart from that. So people are kind of interpreting their looks based on just this one kind of image, which I think is amazing. And then you've got kind of Taylor Swift where everyone is tapping into the different eras across her career. So then you're seeing a bit more like variety in the looks, but I think when you think about it, it's it's a really key opportunity here for brands because where festivals, obviously they happen at different times across the globe, but they're generally in quite a kind of constrained time frame that people can kind of tap into. A, a global tour can last a year long and it spans across the globe. So think of how much kind of opportunity there is there in terms of kind of product sales and also merch. You know, if you can kind of decipher what people are going to be wearing and you can kind of merchandise your looks in this way, I think there's definitely an opportunity there to kind of increase sales. For sure. If you start adding a couple of bright hearts onto your collections when Harry's in town or if you were in the feather boa market, you'd be yeah. soaring <laughs> You're right laughing, now, wouldn't you? You're <laughs> laughing. Yeah. I liked what that you touched upon that it's actually really serious and it's not just one outfit sometimes. Uh people dressing for different album covers and trying to envision the style of that album cover or even some of the music. I saw one TikTok creator called Kaz's Stitches that crochets her own tops for every gig that she goes to. So she's done one for Harry Styles, Taylor Swift. She's got one for Lana Del Rey coming up. And it's they must take hours and hours and hours to do. But there is such a big demand and market and appreciation for that level of DIY to your outfit right yeah and I think as well just to just want to flag is with the Beyonce Renaissance tour she actually did a partnership with flannels in London which I thought was very interesting because flannels I guess is more of like a premium designer retailer that are trying to tap into that Gen Z market and they basically had like a, a pop-up where they sold her tour merchandise she had like um exclusive pieces like she had a t-shirt that was like london had a problem and then they also showcased her collection with balmain the couture collection but what's great about this is like you don't even need to attend the tour to be wearing that tour merch so you could just go there and still have a piece of it and i think that's something that's again a great opportunity for for brands to do collaborations with these artists and like we saw at Coachella as well with Frank Ocean, everyone was walking around in the nostalgia tees. It was kind of like a little bit of a uniform on that Friday, I think it was, that he played. So yeah, tour, tour merch um, and these kind of tour-influenced aesthetics are, are really going to be a key driver for Gen Z, I believe. Yeah, I just wanted to add because the collaboration with the artists and like fashion brand is really becoming a thing on tour. I'm really excited to see this famous graphic artist, Ferdy, who's really closely tied with fashion industry, is now appointed as the artistic director for Blackpink's world tour. 
And it said that he's coming up with exclusive design capsules along with the character design graphics. And I think this really means a lot because not only the group, when they're performing, will have a new stage look, but also we can like predict how much of an impact this whole tour will spur to the global fashion trend. Absolutely. Verdi had a collaboration with Coachella and the demand for that merch was insane. As soon as you joined the festival, even if you were first through the gates, people were running across the field. <laughs> it was absolutely a sight to see. It was great. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. That's so much information there, but I want to grill you a little bit further. So <laughs> for the next 12 months, for the rest of the year and the festival season, from each of you, what trend would you really be on the lookout for? Tap into that resort wear. I think that's going to be key and probably your moneymaker because, again, like we said, it's super versatile. It has lots of different end uses, but do not ignore kind of like the power of these dark aesthetics because I think they're going to continue just popping up at festivals and in places where you kind of least expect it. So any kind of those darker subcultures, whether it's kind of grunge or goth or indie or, you know, futuristic dystopian vibes, I would I would just say that I think that dark aesthetic is is gonna be really, really key. Great. Thank you, Mia. Jayon, you're on the you're on the spotlight now. <laughs> but I like personally, my style is loving the kiddled themes. So overalls and pair of cute sneakers. I feel like it's so practical in the festival settings as well because they're not like extreme utilitarian look, but more fun and youthful, but also really comfortable. And you can like play around with the colorways and accessorize with the cute, chunky charms. And I think it will be the perfect for outdoor events. Amazing. Thank you. And just a question to both of you. If anyone's got one, is there a festival coming up or one for next year that you think brands should keep their eye on and uh, be exploring? The festival, the festival that I personally would like to attend next year is Homecoming um, in Lagos. It started, I believe, in 2019 was its first year. And I feel like I've just watched it go from strength to strength. It has has like amazing performers. And it's basically just kind of showcase for like African talent and brands. And this year they had loads of great collaborations. They had like Pater out there. Casablanca did a collaboration. They had Daily Paper. So there's a lot of those kind of like streetwear youth brands as well. But the street style was amazing so yeah i would say if you know an up-and-coming festival to look out for that i think is going to be a key influence absolutely homecoming thank you both that was mia jacobs and jayon park joining me and they are the wgsn youth fashion strategists thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today if you want to find out how to subscribe, head over to WGSN.com to discover how you can get access to our service. We're constantly publishing new content, focusing on how we can design a brighter, better future for our industries, including food and drink, interiors, beauty, fashion, and consumer tech. 
We'll be back in two weeks for our next episode. Until then, you can catch the CEO of WGSN, Carla Busashi, next week on our other podcast, Lives of Tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining me. Be safe.